Hello and welcome to episode 50 of Yagmore Soap Opera, the classic related podcast brought to you, the community. I'm Andy and I'm joined by the regular co-hosts of George and Zach. We've got a couple of uh, cages to look at this week. One's the steel cage and the other's the uh, the cage card that's been ripping up the discussion around classic. We're going to have a look at the, uh, the restriction list. We've not touched on that for a while. Have a look at the event that fired this week and also have a quick look at the challenges that are on the table. So let's start off and um, go into the first event, shall we? Sounds good to me. Uh, how many events have there been this year, George? Just one? Uh, we just finished one, the second event before the podcast started. Okay, okay. So we're going to go over the first. Do you want to uh, lead us in here? Yeah, well, Mayoto, um, reckon it still with his four-color Gush Delver deck, uh, he managed to win the first event and jump out to a head start in the Player of the Year race with his deck. Um, it looks... It looks really similar to the same as the top eight. Maybe there's a little bit of a change on the sideboard. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of an odd creature package, though. Yeah? It's almost like you can't decide which creatures are the best to run in the format right now. Yeah, I, I really I really like the Quirin Dryad, though, because sometimes, you just, sometimes you'll just go nuts, and it's not a card that you want to see all the time. Oh, yeah, absolutely, especially with uh, Gush in the deck as well. You can fairly pump that guy up. Oh, he doesn't have the Green Sun Zenith anymore. I could have sworn he had one in his uh, main deck or sideboard. God, he could he could like have such an epic turn. He could be like uh So Quirion Dryad turn two. Turn three in the upkeep, vampiric tutor for gush, gush into more cards, float the mana, play more spells, and grow the hell out of that Quirion Dryad. His his although it's a Delver deck, it is still a crazy broken deck. Um for example, today he went Turn one, land. Turn two, Vampiric Tutor for Fast Bond. Cast all four Gushes, and then play Yawgmoth's Will. Ow. Yeah. Seems pretty good. So, coming up behind that, I think we'll, we'll, we'll see an interesting trend here. We know Excorpio ran Merfolk in the uh, top eight of that Classic Championship. And look what we have here. We have uh, one of our newer clan mates here rocking the, almost the same thing. Um, yeah, he's missing the Rishadon port, and I'm not sure if that was because he doesn't have one or he doesn't like it, but, uh, the rest of it looks pretty much the same. I'm, I'm pretty sure this guy's got Rishadon port. I don't know if you've seen his collection, but it's amazing. Uh, well, maybe he doesn't have any foil Rishadon ports. Maybe, maybe. If but anyone running... would, it would be probably Mooncon, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he's got them. Anyway, um... He's running the tech here of uh, the Waterfront Bouncer, which uh, Scorpio introduced, and uh, there seems to be immense in the format right now. Um, the interesting thing about Waterfront Bouncer is even though they retroactively changed it to become a uh, Merfolk spell shaper, I don't think it really even matters that it is a Merfolk in the, in the context of the deck. I think it's just all about bouncing. Um, yeah, I guess with the Lord's Star, it's pretty relevant to uh, turn it into a, a fairly formidable beat stick at the end. Yeah, I mean, you could turn him into like a 2-2 two -two or a 3-3, three -three, but I just see him uh, never attacking against the decks that you have him in there for. I, oh, yeah, I mean, go on, go ahead. I, I'm sorry, I, I was just going to say, I think one of the biggest, I guess, pushes forward for this deck, and it didn't really happen when it was going on, but I was thinking about this after our cast last week, and we talked about how they lost the Miral Regere, and I was a little bit, you know, forlorn on it. I'm like, oh, you know, that's a great card, blah, blah, blah. But then I was looking at it, and I was thinking about Coral Helm Commander and what that gives your deck. It makes the Aether Vial so much better, because you never have a 2-3 mix. 
You always want to hit two and stay there. You have Coral Helm Commander, Lord of Atlantis, Silver Gill Adept, and Waterfront Rouncer, is he also one in a blue? Yeah, he's also one in a blue. <coughs> so, I mean, it just makes Aether Vial better, and I think that card is just amazing. A, a flying Merfolk Lord? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, most decks play both of them. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, I think now with that and the Lord of Atlantis, it, uh... Yeah, it it definitely, you know, it's going to make a, uh, a difference there. Um, I think his sideboard is actually just a little too soft to Affinity as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the deck just looks like it can hang with almost anything. It, you know, Hercules Recall, Leyline of the Void, Yixla Jailer, even has the Gilded Drake, it looks like. Is that his tech, or is that something like Scorpio ran too? Um, I think that this is his. Yeah, Scorpio I'm, had the kill switches in there. Yeah, I, I, I kind of like that. I gotta admit, I kind of like that. If you're expecting a good game in Oath environment, uh, Gilded Drake's pretty cool. Even a, a, a show-and-tell deck, that, that would be a heck of a card. So, yeah, very cool deck. Andy, you want to take the next one here? Yeah, absolutely. Enric, and he's running a, a kind of similar deck, I guess, to uh, to Naoto. It's got the Gush in the, uh, the Delver of Secrets, uh, but up with Jace the Mind Sculptor and a, a scattering of creatures. Um, see Scavenging Ooze returning, which we've not seen for a while in the format. Um, Timmins used to play it in Four Colored Fish, and uh, it's pretty cool against um, against the dredge-based strategies for ripping out targets. Um, and, and he's got a couple of uh, Trigon Predators as well to take aim at the um, the Affinity builds and the workshop that decks in the format. And uh, Tarmogoyf really making a comeback in the format right now. Yeah, I, I kind of like uh, the Scavenging Ooze, especially against these uh, the Delver decks. I mean, I think it might even be better against those guys than it would be against, like, Dredge decks. I think we talked to the Wild Dog, and he was mentioning he kind of laughs whenever somebody plays Scavenging Ooze, because it's like, how many green mana do you think you have? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's a good card, and I think it can grow good reasonably well. Caster. I'm sorry? One or two green mana is just fine against Snapcasters. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Against Snapcasters, it's fine, but against Dredge, it's kind of a joke. It's not really going to do a damn thing. Um, it might remove, like, a Bridge or an Icarid, but overall, you know, they're, they're just putting too many cards in their graveyard, I think. Um, yeah, his deck looks pretty good, and again, it's like, I think the, the common package here on the sideboards is hit everything reasonably well in the sideboard, you know. Running this guy, I really like the fluster storms because I, I really think um, I really think that um, storm, like George proved when he won that PE here during the classic celebration, storms a real player as long as shops is out the window, and I think fluster storms almost the best card you can can run. Uh, I think mind break trap is probably better. Well, a card that you could run against multiple archetypes that you'd actually want to side in against more than one. Uh, yeah, I mean, for the most part, Flusterstorm is better against everything else. Um, but, I mean, Mindbreak Trap, you can counterspell something out of Affinity with it. I guess, yeah. So, very cool. Um, next up, not to dwell on this, but it looks like we have Excorpio, and he changed his sideboard up a little bit. But other than that, it looks like the exact same deck as you run in the, uh, in the yeah, I mean Championship. We should talk about the seal of removals. I mean, he's obviously gone for the waterfront bouncer and then decided, well, actually, I still need a way of getting some of the creatures off the table, either in a, in a creature battle or, or to get things like Blightsteel off the table. Yeah, fair enough. I've never even seen that card before. I think I just glossed over it. What? Is this something... Is this the... Wow, it's one blue. That's actually kind of cool. 
Yeah, it's an enchantment for one blue. You get it down on the table, and then it um, you can sacrifice it to bounce a creature back to your opponent's hand. So it's kind of like a uh, investment Caracas. Actually, you don't even. It doesn't even have to be a point. You can bounce one of your own creatures. Yeah, very cool. Um, so I guess you could protect uh, protect a lord from uh, some spot removal as well. Very cool. Very cool. So uh, last up, we have Sakurai. And he's been, I, I gotta admit, this guy's been making a name for himself. We've mentioned his name a lot these last few weeks, wouldn't you say? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's made the money multiple times. So this time he's running a deck uh, which is kind of like different. It's what I expected a couple months ago, but he it's, it's not what we've been seeing. And He's running four Snapcasters. Uh, haven't seen that specifically in a while, but looks like he's doing pretty well for himself. I mean, like like we just said, he's he's consistently making the money. He's running a deck with uh, multiple Jaces, playing some other cards that we've kind of like had fall off the radar, like Steel Sabotage, and uh, you don't see Ponder too much these days. I mean, he just has a real, uh, a real controlly blue deck here. What do you guys think about this? Um, I'm still kind of flummoxed with the counter spells. Oh, you you like the mana drains, huh? Well, I mean, wouldn't wouldn't you like the mana drains? I agree it's a better card, and I think the only thing, though, that he'll readily feed into would be the Jaces. And we'll talk more about this later, but I'm running a deck right now, too, that has Mana Drains that feed into Jace. And, and i got to admit, that's my favorite thing, is when I have a Mana Drain and a Jace in my hand, I'm like, I just get giddy thinking about it. I'm like, sweet! I'm going to play my yeah. Jace for two! Woohoo! So, you know? I mean, uh, would, you, would you ever consider running Counterspell instead of Mana Drain? Um... Ever since they did away with Mana Burn, no. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's spent the money on the Jasoners and the Force of Wills. His deck is not cheap. And, I don't know, he's he's planning on winning because he's playing in the tournaments. I I guess that I would just make sure I have the Mana Drains. I'm going to tell you right now, my favorite card in his deck by a mile is the uh, Riptide Laboratory. It is yeah, so I like, I like good. Riptide. It is so good in his deck. Getting to reuse Sower of Temptations, uh, especially if he can make it to turn four against that Affinity deck, I think Sower of Temptations is one of the best possible things with an active laboratory. It's like, steal your creature, make you pump enough to kill this creature, and then I'll steal the one that you pumped. Yep. It's it's really good. It seems good, anyway. Then, you know, and if you play it right, it sounds like what I'm saying is different than this, but what it is is, steal a guy with Sower... He blocks the guy that you make big with Sower. And then he doesn't really have to return that Sower right away. He waits next turn. He attacks again, blocks with Sower, and then brings it to his hand and effectively nullifies two full turns with it. I mean, it's just good. It also lets you replay all of your stuff with Snapcaster Mage over and over and click. Yep. It's a, every card did, in his deck uh, has synergy with it. For so did you, guys realize, did you guys notice just how similar all of these five decks are that made the money? They're all uh, blue-based uh, tempo control decks with uh, Force of Will, Wastelands, and uh, blue creatures that turn sideways for the win. Um, I mean, for the most part, yes, but two of the Delver decks have a very strong combo component to them. They, what, did they play Gush with a card advantage? They, they play Tendrils of Agony and Yawgmoth's Will for the combo, that's for sure. Yeah, but essentially that you know that's that's a secondary plan, isn't it? So that's a B plan. I mean, they're they're looking to win these games by getting down the Delver Secrets and the Snapcasters and the Tamagos and beating face. Uh, see, I don't know. I don't know if it's like an A plan and a B plan. I think it's a fifty-fifty plan. Whichever one happens to be in your hand, you go with. 
I think. The, the shells are pretty similar. There's 13 guys, and then there's, what, four Gush, uh, five for Merchant Scroll, the tutors, and then the combo pieces are about 10 or 12 pieces, too. Well, I think the one thing you can really glean from this, I mean, more than looking at how the decks play and what the different components are, each one of these decks has a really strong blue backbone. And I think that's kind of an interesting thing to look at right now, because what we've gone through lately has been real shifting metagame, where, you know, the top three decks, this is only one of the top three decks really shown. It's the blue side, it's the oath side. There's no dredge, there's no workshop affinity kind of thing going on. I mean... Yeah, yeah. The Affinity surprises me. I feel like uh, it would beat every single one of these decks. Well, the, the reason I bring it up as well about the, the kind of how, how these decks are, are, are packed together is that in the minute we're going to get onto Cage and we're going to talk about the, the deck types that Cage really impacts, it kind of blanks against a lot of these decks. I mean, okay, it's going to have an impact on the Snapcaster Mage and the Agmos will, um, but in terms of where the metagame is right now, it's worth thinking and bearing in mind as we come down for our discussion on Cage. Yeah, I, I think I think that's fair, and I think uh, if people don't know what Andy's talking about, I think it's Graph Digger's Cage. It's one of the big preview cards that we're going to be uh, looking at later in the article here. But I, I think that's a astute observation. I, I don't think it really affects. Okay, if you, I, I guess I'd say this: if you're playing a Snapcaster, right? Let's say I'm playing Snapcaster, and he wastes a card and a mana to play that cage, I'd be totally cool with it. That's much better yeah, than him having totally. a counterspell. Uh, I mean, agree completely. And you've still got the ability to flash the Snapcaster in for a bit of uh, surprise and added value as well, even if you're not flashbacking the target. Hell, you can flash the Snapcaster in with the cage on the stack. True. And mental mist at the cage. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, one, once we get on to talking about this, I think that is the most prevalent thing. And I think... There's one of my buddies that I always like to needle about Mental Misstep, because he told me it just wasn't going to be that amazing and classic. But I think 4-4... Four, four, uh, that whoever said that is a tool. Totally. 2-4 yeah. four, and 4. Wow, so only one of these decks is not running 4 Mental Misstep, and even they have two. I mean, the card's just going to be better and better as classic goes on. Um, yeah. I mean, Men Mental Misstep was a card that you could easily pass over in Flames. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see how it goes. I think mental misstep is going to be as important. I mean, this is going to be a big statement, but I think going forward, it's going to be almost as important as Force of Will. Honestly, I, I can totally see that. Because it's a singular way to get rid of a card, whereas Force of Will, you can't throw Force of Will in a deck. Where mental misstep, you can literally throw it in Affinity. You can throw it in almost any deck and run it successfully. It's kind of funny though when you uh, when you look at the default position now. It's like Chuck four brainstorming, Chuck four gushing, Chuck four um, force of will, and Chuck four delvering, and that's uh, sixteen cards of your deck. And most of the time, you're going to Chuck four wastelands in as well. I I just must be crazy. I've never. I still don't totally get like gush. I don't get how it's amazing and classic. I don't. I just don't get it yet. I always think of it as a draw, too. I understand you get one extra mana out of it, but other than that, it's a freaking, uh, what's the card? Like, Council of the Soratami. That's all it is. It, it, it's a, it's a, a free Council of the Soratami, though. Yeah, I mean... It, it gets around Wasteland. If you happen to have Fast Bomb, you win the game. I, I agree. See... I, it's an amazing card. I just don't think it's... I, let's let's put it this way. The reason I got on this tangent is, Andy, you just said 
It sounds like every deck is four Force of Will, four Brainstorm, four Mental Mustap, and then you threw four Gush in there, and I don't think it's there. I don't think it's there. I think it's those three. I think it's Mental Mustap, Brainstorm, and Force of Will. If no, it was said, there, then Merfolk would be. He said Delver of Secrets, not Gush. No, he said Gush. Uh, I heard Delver. I must be crazy. Did you say Gush, Andy, or did you say Delver? I, I think I, I might have just spat in every single card under the sun's blue. <laughs> but... What I mean, what I mean to say is, look at the Merfolk decks. They're not running Gush, and if any deck would run it without like Fast Bond, it would be Merfolk, right? Makes sense. They do have a lot of islands. I don't know. Anyway, um, you know, moving forward, it's it's really cool to see the the blue decks here and what's going on with them. Um, do you think this classic celebration had a big effect on that? Do you think when everybody saw that there was no workshop, that people are just like, you know what, let's just let's stick with blue? Uh, I mean, you kind of have to assume that because the metagame is getting less and less and less brown as it goes on. Yeah, which is cool. It's, it is cool, but it's kind of cool in, the, in, a, in an ironic way, considering we were so fearful and mindful of uh, the effects of the Cadian Mask would have on that archetype. And uh, it, it hasn't really seen that so far with the um, the way we thought it would pan out. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is none of us ever thought for a minute, excuse me, that a 1-1 one, one for 1 of any type, whether it be a Curse Catcher, whether it be a, a Delver of Secrets, whether it be anything, is something that we should be fearful of in Classic. I mean, it's kind of a joke. That's like almost like saying, oh, I have a Savannah Long Lion, I have a Mog Fanatic, etc., etc. But look at look at what's happening. I mean, a 3-2 Flyer, it turns out, is pretty damn good. Well, it's a flying uh, wild knife in the castle. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's the end of uh, the one event we have here. Um, George, I, I think you were pretty involved with this next thing. If I remember correctly, you got second place this year. You want to talk about the next announcement here? Yeah, so it looks like um, for the 2012 Player of the Year season that it's going. the prizes are going to be wish-based, like in the cl uh, classic winter celebration. Um, now, I don't know if that means we're going to get foil wishes or regular wishes, uh, the, the prizes have not been finalized, but it also looks like in addition to the year-end race, um, every quarter, so every three months, whoever gains the most points in that quarter will also receive some kind of wish. So it's completely possible that one person can win all four quarterly prizes and the player of the year race and get some crazy amount of uh, value in prizes. Yeah. And the other point is, you don't have to play all year long. If I mean, I'm sure that the top eight will be weighted a lot differently than the quarterly prizes, but if you can only play for three months, play your hardest and, you know, maybe win the quarterly prize. Yeah, definitely. And, and I mean, like, let's just take last year, for example. There's a very high probability, even though he didn't play for the second, what, half of the year, that Timmons could have been right in contention for one of those quarterly uh, quarterly prizes there, don't you think? I think that uh, the way that the event broke down, I probably would have won the first quarterly, Timmons would have won the second, and possibly the third. I'm not exactly sure when he quit. Um, if he didn't, Excorpio definitely would have won the third and the fourth quarterly. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, well, I, the, four, the fourth quarter... Sorry, the fourth quarterly, would Naoto not have clocked up an awful lot of points in that final quarter? I don't know. I mean, Naoto gained, did gain a lot of points, but Excorpio gained, like, 
20 or 25 points. I gained like 20 or 25 points. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of feel that the um, situation with Timmons and the, the, the winter celebration, i.e. the changing landscape throughout the year, is is the reason why they've introduced these quarterly prize points as a way to kind of mitigate any any complaints of various parts of the season um, being less worthwhile. <coughs> yeah, uh, I agree with that. And I just, I think it's awesome that this is the only event on MTGO that is like this. No other format has sponsored uh, Watsy prizes for a pre, in essence. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, it, it's nice to see some support there. I, I think Danger does a lot um, behind the scenes with these guys talking to them and, and seeing what we can do support-wise. So, obviously, we're all we're all thankful for that. And uh, thanks as always, Mike, for that. But it, it, like you're saying, it is really cool. It's almost like they want to uh, make sure that we don't forget that they actually want the format to succeed. And, and that's that's a nice that's a nice gesture. We yeah, don't want to be kaleidoscope. It's easy to see no Power 9 and no, you know, information on it and low amounts of events and just think that they don't care. But this is this is something that shows that they do support us. All right, well, about this for a conspiracy theory, then. <laughs> We're going to get Power 9 on the uh, start of Q2, or, uh, or the very end of Q1. And the uh, reason they introduced the quarterly prizes is so that they can wrap up the Classic League after, the, after quarter one, award some prizes, and then move into Vintage. Um, I disagree. Uh, it's a wild speculation. Yeah. I, I I have a feeling that we are not going to see vintage for quite a while now. I would love to. You know what, Andy? I'm going to agree with you just because I love wild speculation, and that would be awesome. Just as a po- just as a possibility, it would be cool. Just just as that. So, before we get to there, though, that's kind of a good segue into what we want to talk about next. And what we want to talk about next, it seems like it incites some people, it excites some people, and it just is like meh to other people. But we were talking about the state of Classic and the restricted list. Um, The cool thing about Classic, outside of, uh, what is it, Gleemox, there are no banned cards. Every card can be played. In classic, uh, unless it's like some anti-card they play, print or something like that, which I don't even think they did. But right now, our list uh, breaks down like this: um, you have balance, channel, demonic consultation, demonic tutor, fast bond, flash, imperial seal, mana crypt, mana vault, necropotence, soul ring, strip mine, time vault, tinker, trenosphere, Tolarian academy. Vampiric Tutor, Wheel of Fortune, and the Granddaddy Yogmoth's Well. Um, I gotta admit, after saying that, it's a lot more cards than it looks like. It just—it's a mouthful. That's that's a bunch of cards. Um, um I think it's all this restricted list or restricted ban list of any format, though, besides uh, Standard and Commander and possibly Popper. Yeah, I, I, I could see that, but it just. It's, it's a lot more than I think. When I think of the, the restricted list in Classic, I think like maybe nine cards or something like that. And this is more like 20. Um, so what George and, and, and Mike, uh, Danger Leonard over there at uh, Classic Quarter were talking about was uh, possible unrestrictions and, and how it would affect the mat- Classic metagame and really if there's anything that would be safe to unrestrict. I think before we start to look at 
whether there's any cards on the list that can be unrestricted. We need to think about what the restricted list is doing in a format like Classic, the importance of it, and how manipulation of the restricted list can have a, a significant impact on the format. So in a format like Classic, where you don't have set rotations, the only way to um, spice up the, the cards available is through new sets coming online and new cards coming into the format like Mental Misstep and Snapcaster Mage, and the other one is to either restrict or unrestrict a card within the format. So, so in some respects, looking to take a card off the restricted list, in my mind, should really come when there's a problem with the format, when the format is stagnated. I'm not one of these people who looks at the restricted list and wants to keep it clean and wants to see cards coming off just for that purpose. Which is fair enough. I, I think that's a very valid point to uh, to discuss why cards are on here in the first place. And I think what you said just now is a huge, I guess, misnomer that people have about these these lists and, and how they affect um, the current metagame. You just mentioned one of the cards that I was talking about last segment that I think has the biggest impact of any card in Classic right now, in other formats too. I mean, it got banned in Legacy. His middle misstep. And, and if you look down this list... There are a lot of cards that cost one mana on this list. And before, you had four ways in most of these decks to keep them in check. You had four Force of Wills. They play one of these cards turn one, that's your only out, right? Well, now you've doubled that, 200% rocking eight cards that can stop that turn one. Um, I, I think that's a great point, Andy, and that's probably not something I would have mentioned. I, I think you really do have to take into consideration today's cards. Yeah, and, and that's why, you know, Mike and I started the conversation in the first place. I mean, Classic was a very different animal when Flash got restricted. That was that was almost four years ago, before we even had, uh, or right after we got Force of Will, or right before. Before we had duels. It was, it was before we had duels. And then uh, Wheel of Fortune, which is the other card we kicked around, that card has not done anything. And you look at a card like uh, Memory Jar, which is pretty similar... That hasn't really done anything either. Well, there's there's a couple of things that I want to maybe talk about in relation to that. One, one, the first thing that when you look at this list is you start to think about all the cards which aren't on here, which are really inherently broken in some respects. The cards that I'm thinking of are the cards that are restricted in Vintage. So the cards that you mentioned, like Memory Jar, Mind's Desire, Burning Wish, all those cards are available to us. And in some respects, that gives us an idea of the power tolerance within the format without the power nine. If I think about it unbiased and not thinking about vintage and what you just said, I'll tell you what you evoked my my thought process. The same when we're looking. It's the same when we're looking at these cards that are currently on online. Wheel of Fortune would be a lot more abusable with with power nine and. You wouldn't dream, I don't think, of unrestricting Wheel of Fortune in, in, in Vintage. But in Classic, where, where we're at at the moment, there, there is a strong case to be made. I think there'd be a, an, an inherent danger there. I think once you take anything off that list, you're like saying, hey, this is our thought, we believe this is what's going to happen. But for the next six months, three months, however long it is, you've got to deal with it. So in, in addition to looking at um, Wheel of Fortune and, and Flash as... Uh, Potential cards that come come off. I think there is a case for for other cards to come off of here as well. Well, I think, what, what would you think is safe? Well, I don't know about safe, but I definitely think <laughs> there are cards on on here which 
there, there, there are some cards on here which you wouldn't dream of unrestricting. Um, I think that's clear. Totally but equally, there are some cards. There are some cards on here that I think could be unrestricted, and if they were unrestricted, it would have a dramatic effect on the metagame. And I don't think the cost of doing that is is worthwhile, given where the format is right now, and given that the format is healthy. But I think there are some cards on here that would have a catastrophic effect on the metagame, but I believe the metagame could evolve, evolve and adjust to compensate these crazy ideas that I'm going to throw you away. So I think Necropotence could be unrestricted. And I know that George will probably disagree. I would love for Necropotence to be unrestricted, but I can't agree with it. Okay, so it, this is one of those cards where it would unrestricting Necropotence would have a dramatic and immediate effect on the metagame. And there's no doubt about that. But I think we have tools now, which we didn't have, that would enable people to fight against a deck containing full Necropotence. Um, one of the most powerful plays for Necropotence is Turn 1, Dark Ritual, Necropotence, Go. And we now have ca cards which can counter that in the form of uh, Mental Misstep on the Dark Ritual. Um, you, you do realize that Necro still gets to play with 4 Days, 4 Force of Will, and now 4 Mental Misstep, right? Absolutely. One of the other cards that I think, again, would have a dramatic effect on the metagame, but could be unrestricted, and the metagame would eventually adapt, would be Strip Mine. No. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely just... not, dude. You would. No one would okay. want to play the format anymore. Ever. Ever. Okay. Ever. Okay. You would never think, get a new player. Okay. Think, think about what I'm saying in the context of the spoiler card that we're going to show very soon. Nope. Okay. Disagree. D totally disagree. Okay. I would. I, I would rather. Was, okay. I would. I would rather have okay, four that's... mana crypts than have four uh, uh, strip mines. The thing is, strip mine doesn't turn the game unfair. I'm not saying it does. It doesn't make the game unfair, but it does make the game unfun. Yes. What What I'm saying with my argument is these cards probably shouldn't come off because classic is healthy right now, and classic doesn't need any kind of major shakeup in this way. I'm, I'm saying that Strip Mine could come off and it wouldn't fundamentally break the format. The format would have to evolve, but there are the tools within the environment to combat and deal with that card. I, dis I disagree. Dex there, there's Dex no moxes. It doesn't matter. Decks would fundamentally have to change. The whole way the game is played for Classic would have to change. People so to everyone has to play Mox Diamond and Chrome Mox to compete? No, absolutely not. And how are, they, how are they surviving eight wastelands? They play Delver of People Secrets. People can start running more Gush. People can start running the world. They can play Delver of Secrets, which comes out on turn one. They can play more Perthing Needles. They can play more... Uh, increase their land count. People can adapt their decks to that kind of strategy. Now, it, might be, it might be unfair to play. It might have a, a huge impact on the format, but it could... It could be tolerated. The, the, the cards and the tools are there to adapt to an environment where there's four strip mine. The same with four necropotents. Uh, see, I think I think Flash is almost too dangerous to unrestrict, and I kind of want it unrestricted. There's no way that I think strip mine would be even even fun for the people playing it. No one's getting to play magic. We're not talking. No, people will get to play magic, but they get to play magic in a different format. Classic wouldn't be the same as it is right now. It would still... 
Now, I, I do I do agree with you that the format would adjust. I just don't think that anybody would enjoy a format with four straight lines. I, I no, and that's why it's on. That's why it's on the restricted list. Look, let's let's look at this list and let's separate it into two categories. That absolutely cannot touch this, which I think is pretty easy to look at and see. Starting at the bottom, you got Yogmoth's Will. Agreed. Yep. Okay. Vampiric Tutor. Agreed. Uh, not, not absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Good. Absolutely. You cannot take Vampiric you, Tutor off this list. It's it's five. It's eight of any card in your deck is what Vampiric it, Tutor is. I agree with you, but when you're when you look at what Vampiric Tutor is mostly tutoring for, unless it's Oath of Druids, Mystical Tutor gets it as well. No. Not at all. What if you need the other half of a show and tell combo and you need the Emrakul? Yeah, I... Okay, so... Uh, or you see, need the artifact to I tinker. I don't think Vampiric Tutor is as ridiculous off the walls broken as Yagmoth's will. Yeah, Yagmoth's will staying on the list. So is Vampiric Tutor. And Tolarian Academy. Absolutely. Academy and stays on this list. Tinker stays on the list. So does Trinosphere. Time Vault stays on the list. Well, I, I don't know about Trinosphere. Hold on. Does 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 Tinker stay on the list? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Does um, it though? We, we'll, it does. We'll, There's no way you can let them let people have four Tinkers. Yeah. Okay. okay. I, we're we're all in agreement there. And same with Time Vault. That's an unfair. I mean, you have one, and one is hard enough. Um, no, but I'm 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 disagreeing on Tinker actually. Yeah, that's that's what I heard in your upward inflection when you but made we'll come a back. question. Okay, we'll come back to that. okay, so you disagree on that? That's fine. We'll put time uh, strip mine to the side because you, you're not on that. Soul ring, we can all agree, two for one should be restricted. Yeah, that would make the format absolutely bonkers if you had four soul rings. Necropotence, I'll put to the side. Andy's, you know, given his thing on that. Mana Vault, I would definitely put to the side. I don't think that's as broken as it looks. Yeah, I think maybe you could get Mana Vault going. I think Mana Crypt is absolutely bonker broken. Too good. Ah, yeah. Imperial Seal is my number one choice on this list to be unrestricted. Um, Flash, I personally do not think it can be unrestricted because I think George made a great point in the fact that Flash... Just like Necropotence has all the tools that today's decks would have. And the worst part is, Flash costs one and a blue. We have unrestricted Lotus Petal. Everyone will be playing Middle Misstep, and Flash would be an absolute nightmare. It would just be well, a nightmare. See, here's the thing about Flash, though. is It, it folds to the same graveyard hate that uh, Dredge does. And everybody's playing Leyline of the Void. A lot of people will be playing Grafdigger's Cage. Dude, dude, what dude is, you're what forgetting. What is the difference between Flash and Dredge? You're forgetting the difference okay. between what, Flash and What is the and difference Dredge? between Tinker and Flash, okay? You both have to resolve a blue card. Uh, you have to resolve it with another effect. Hold on, You either hold have on. to have a creature in hand, or you have to have an artifact hold. on the table that you can sacrifice Hold to. on. Now, hold on. That's not even comparable, dude. You need yes. one specific creature times four. You can get Absolutely. it with a Summoner's Pact or something, but you need that creature. You can run Absolutely. a Tinker, and that can be your only blue card in your deck, besides Mystical Tutors, and have all artifacts. And that is the most easy combo. You've, you can have artifact lands and do that. Okay, so if you've got multiple Tinkers, how many robots do you want in that deck? Two. At least. Maybe other win conditions. Maybe like a... a, a a mind slaver. You, you can no tinker. I, I can't believe you're arguing for that. To be honest, 
Well, I think it's parable to Flash. It's not uh, enough. The, the problem so. is, what stops the tinker? George just said, this Grafdigger's cage and all this graveyard hate, what stops a tinker effect? Just Grafdigger's cage? And you don't even have to get a robot. You can get a, a time ball. You can get a mind, uh, a mind slaver. You can get a spine of his shaw for the Grafdigger's cage, and then tinker again for your robot. Tinker's ridiculous. Like, I, I'm, I'm surprised. Like, I, even, that's more, I think that's more broken than Necropotence, because at least Necropotence is hard to cast. Yeah. And it pitches so, to Force of Will. So, going up the list, Fast Bond, I think, is a hard no. Yeah, easy. Demonic Tutor is the best tutor ever printed. Hard Demonic no. Consultation, hard no. I think it's Vampire. No, see, I think that Demonic Consultation is at least a maybe because of Mental Misstep. Demonic Consultation's a no in my mind. No I, I played with that during the Necropotence era, and uh, the ability to get a card to your hand. In your hand? Not like on the top of your deck. No, I agree. It's a really explosively good card, but I think that with Mental Misstep and the deck-building restrictions that come with the Monic Consultation, it might be okay. George, let me blow your mind real quick. All right, blow it. All right. Dark Ritual, right? I'm getting ready to cast my Necropotence. What do you do? I Mental Misstep your... I Demonic Consultation for a Mental Misstep. How do you, how do you Demonic Consultation if you only have one black man and I Mental Misstep your Dark Ritual? No, 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 I'm not saying turn one. I'm just saying any turn. Oh. Demonic Consultation can also get the answer to their spell. It's a ridiculous card. It's not fair. It's not fair. I, All right. And... It could be interesting with the Barker Maniac as well, but hey-ho. Next Child card, I'm going to be the strong... This would be the easiest card for me to act like. It's not a problem, but if you want me to be totally honest, any card that turns a life resource into a board resource is completely unfair. And if you had four channels, I would absolutely, every day of the week, run Channel Oath. There would uh, be no question. Would you, would you run Channel Oath, or would you run Channel Lich's Mirror? No, I wouldn't run something stupid. I'd run something that just wins. Channel Lich's Mirror just seems too kitschy. It's not me. I want something that I could... Look, they can't counter freaking Emrakul. Turn turn one Lotus Petal, land, channel, go. Yeah, I, you don't even have to have Oath. You could just have four show and tells and four channels. And the next card, I think, would just be interesting. I, I, I think it's a really powerful effect. <coughs> But I would totally argue, and I know everyone called that gal whoever came on the boards for a while and asked for this to be unbanned. I'd argue that if, if all these people, like Danger Leno, are going to say that they want the format to be more spell-based, I don't think there's one card in the game that could facilitate that better than balance. And I think if that was unrestricted, I think it would be, it would be not as unfun to play with a strip mine. I think there are ways around it, like maybe if people were going to adapt, maybe they would start uh, using, what's it called, uh, like um, the future site mechanic where they uh, suspend. I think people would start maybe using suspend cards. I think the format would change heavily, but I think I think balance would be an interesting change, even if it was like a trial. Uh, I would love to try balance, but I think it's just too good. Oh, it's amazing. It, it, it all comes back to what I was trying to originally say about the power of the restricted list and how catastrophically it can change an environment if need be but we're not in a place right now with classic where we need to try and unrestrict balance unrestrict tinker unrestrict necro we, we're just not there we just don't need that kind of uh 
meddling in the environment. Well, quick question for you, Andy. When do you think we would be? When one deck dominates completely? Or do you think that's well, just I'm time sure to add something to the list? Well, it's... Yeah. That, that's the whole point. I mean, the, 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 the restricted list is there to kind of bring balance and harmony to the format. And that's why these things typically tend to grow. And it's easier in, in some respects to restrict something than it is to argue for something to be unrestricted. Um, so... Yeah, I, I don't know if we'll ever get to a point where it would be sensible to unrestrict well, Necro. Let's, let's look at Legacy. Let's see what happened recently with Legacy, okay? Didn't they just recently unban um, Metalworker and Dream Halls? Yep. Have either they of did. them done a damn thing? Metalworker, Metalworker more so than Dream Halls, but no. In Legacy, I haven't even heard of Metalworker almost once. Maybe like There's, on a French it, case. There's there is uh, some brown decks that play Metalworker, but they're not very good. That that's the point. I mean, it's not. Um, I, I I think maybe a really cool thing to do would be this. Not even for a whole quarter, but let's say for a month. There there should be something something they could do like a trial. Everyone can postulate all they want on what's more broken than what. I mean, everyone can do that. No no one's stopping you from doing it. But the only way to really tell is to introduce it into the environment. Yeah, and they can restrict cards on a monthly basis. I, I think. Well, wait, we could we could campaign and canvas uh, our good friend M Mog, and ask him if he would consider running um, one of the season leagues with a varied restriction list. That that would be pretty cool. And the, the problem league. is that that kind of sets a dangerous precedent. What if what if some what if people decide that's really fun and then. Look, what I mean is, what if the snowball starts getting bigger? I think that could be a dangerous precedent because it could cause a schism in the community. It could cause some people to say, hey, I don't like this anymore. I wanted to play by the rules. I want to be eligible for prizes, etc., etc." Well, if, the game, if those people don't do like it, it they don't have watch. to enter the event. And it's free. All I'm saying is our community is small enough. Well, all I, I mean, I, I guess... Saying, all I'm saying is that with cards like Lion's Eye Diamond, Oath of Druids, uh, not on the restricted list, I see no reason for Flash and Wheel of Fortune to be on the restricted list. Agreed on Wheel of Fortune, and you're a nut on Flash. I I don't I don't understand why we're allowed to have broken decks, but not a broken Flash deck. Because I don't it's even been think that it would be that, that much better than the rest of the format. But do you remember that Mystical Tutor's unbanned? You remember that, right? Yeah, maybe Mystical Tutor gets restricted. So wait, so what you're what you're saying right now is you're totally cool with the deck running four flashes, four Mystical Tutors, one Vampiric Tutor, one uh, Demonic Consultation, one Demonic Tutor, a Tinker, anything else. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. That is ri ridiculous. Four flashes. You flash would not is run crazy. Demonic Consultation and Flash to say that. Oh well, it's even the decks that you're comparing it to, like uh, Dredge. And if you wanted to compare it, I think the the best comparison, in my opinion, is Hermit Druid. But even those two decks, you need another turn. You win with Flash on that turn. He's gone. Is he gone? I I, I think so. But but that's why if you're arguing Flash, you can make an argument for Tinker. I I, I don't think. Look, anything I'm going to argue for is not going to be a total win condition. You'll notice, if I said balance, balance is almost like a regulation effect. It's like, balance doesn't win the game on the spot. 
usually. I mean, I guess there are niche areas where it will. Maybe if somebody has no cards left in their library or something like that. But I the won't most argue. Powerful thing of balance is, Go ahead. The most powerful thing of balance is just stripping your opponent's hand. Absolutely. It's using it as a mind twister. It's dumping a whole heap of threats. And uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's a great card, and, and I think it's you know, it's sorcery speed. It's not a win condition per se. You know, of course, it gives you a tempo advantage, but it's not going to win you the game that turn. All right, guys. Well, we'd like to hear what you, the community, think about the the current restricted list. What could come off? Uh, should Should we try and experiment um, casually with with the list? And um, are, are we completely? Am I completely nuts for suggesting that some of these cards could come off in an alternate universe? We had hoped to get to uh, Graph Digger's case this week, but we've uh, we've timed out, so we'll put that on the shelf and we'll pick it up next week in episode fifty one. Um, just a quick cap over the, the, the challenges that are in Classic. Um, quite a lot of them ongoing at the moment. Um, we've got a list of them in, in the client, um, in, in the article, sorry. Um, most notably is um, 4-0 back-to-back event wins uh, a Time Vault. Um, there's the winner of a, a foil Snapcaster Mage by getting four memory gels to 4-0. And just this week, um, a new prize of a foil Flash um, has been added for four times mine's desire. So um, we'll we'll come back next week, guys, and we'll we'll pick up um, we'll pick up the cage, and we'll also uh, hopefully have a look at the other cage on, um, relevant to classic, which is uh, Mmog's um, steel cage event, which he's running at the moment um, in between seasons. Um, so that's probably it, guys. Unless you've got anything else to to add this week, I wanna I wanna really take a moment and thank everybody. Um, it's really been an awesome run so far. This is our 50th episode, but we missed two, so that signifies 52 weeks. We've been in business for a year, and this is kind of like a monumental episode for us. We, we really appreciate the community support. Um, we always pride ourselves in being really approachable and open, so again, if you guys have any questions, uh, always available in client. Uh, you got hammer underscore eternal, eternal underscore hammer, wiffy space penguin, abstract 66 or the underscore Hoff. come at us anytime guys uh love it thank you so much for the last year we i've had a great time i don't know about you guys yeah it's been awesome absolutely i'm i'm really happy that we've managed to get to this marker stone and uh hopefully we can uh, rattle off another 50 definitely Yep. Oh, we got to thank uh, our hosts who have uh, looked after us uh, so nicely over this uh, last year of uh, PureMTGO.com and, of course, our sponsors, MTGOTraders.com. Um, we will see you guys in, in seven days, and thanks to you guys for supporting us uh, during, during our journey. See you guys. See you next week. Have a week. good one.